Talent Economy is a publication of Human Capital Media. For more coverage, visit talenteconomy.io. Also, subscribe to Talent 10X on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or TuneIn. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Talent 10X, your go-to podcast for all things talent strategy. Joining me is Andrew Prevost. He is Senior Vice President of Retirement at NFP, an insurance broker and consultancy based in New York City. Thank you so much for joining me, Andrew. Yeah, thank you for having me. So today we're going to talk about retirement, which of course is in your um, area of expertise. Could you tell me a bit about your role as a retirement expert and consultant? What sparked your interest in this field? And also what do you find the most interesting aspect of your job? Yeah, sure. So I actually run a team of consultants and experts out of our Washington DC office. There's about 25 of us. My interest in this job stemmed uh, about 25 years ago from working with very boutique hotels in the Washington, D.C. area that did not have 401k plans in place for their employees. So what I did is implement those many moons ago and a lot of success from those plans over the 25 years that they've been in place. So that's really what interested me and sparked my interest in the the industry. And And I think from a just overall aspect of the job. I think part of our role as a consultant is to have outcomes be determined uh, and set by our plan sponsors. So things like different plan design strategies and really at the end of the day, employee wellness and making sure employees are on track to save for their retirement properly. Mm -hmm. Yes, I understand that saving enough for retirement is a huge struggle for a lot of people. So Could you highlight some of those struggles that people face in achieving a healthy retirement fund, especially for those folks who are maybe in kind of a uh, minimum wage sort of role or uh, something that's not a traditional office role, their their space in the retirement landscape as well? Yeah, sure. And interestingly enough, I don't even think from a demographic perspective, whether it's a you know, hourly wage employee or somebody sitting at a cube in a large corporate office. I think the main struggle with most individuals saving for retirement is inertia. Uh, It's really just a human emotion that I think people have a hard time, you know, looking at themselves far in the future and saying, I need to plan now for something 30, 40, and even 50 years out. Um, You know, we all like to kind of think about what our needs are today, and it's very difficult to look forward. So, with most of our employees that we consult with, inertia is probably the, the biggest deterrent from, from success in a retirement plan. The other basics are obviously the things like, you know, there's some lack of understanding of what simple terms of stocks and bonds may be, you know, the investment products that they have to choose from, although that's getting easier with some of the features through plan design that employers are implementing to help employees out. Yes, definitely. I can see how inertia would be something to grapple with. And definitely for for young folks, especially, it can be hard to see ourselves 30, 40 years in the future, um, even 50 years in the future, whenever we really need to retire and have that big savings in our in our back pockets. Something that's helped me with saving for retirement is seeing my own parents retire. My mom's uh, retirement party is actually later this week and my dad retired last year. So seeing them 
succeed in their retirement has helped me be much more aware of of what I need to do to reach that goal as well. Yeah, and I think one of the the kind of the misnomers about our industry is that the investment world can always save us, meaning if we are investing in securities or stocks or bonds that yield a good amount over a long period of time, that that can dig our way out of some of the, the financial shortfalls that we may have. But really, the the saving grace of anybody's retirement is really truly how much you're saving every year, what percentage of paycheck is going into the 401k plan or other different uh, retirement avenues like IRAs and such. So you know, the, the more we can help participants increase savings over time and, you know, again, through plan design, which I'll talk about momentarily, those are, you know, really places where we can affect positively the employee's experience. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So earlier you mentioned wellness, and um, I, I know that financial wellness is a bit of a personal matter, but I feel like it's also an employer's best interest to help their workers have a healthy financial standing. What are some of the differences between teams that struggle with their retirement savings and those who have it all sorted out? Yeah, it's interesting. I would say a lot of the financial wellness that you think is out in the industry are really geared more towards employees that have incomes at a minimum of 150000 and above. So if you think about it from a wellness perspective, that probably leaves 95-plus percentage of the workforce out of the loop of really understanding and having people that are caring about and explaining financial solutions and helping people stay on track. So you're right, the employer's best interest is to help employees save for their futures and to make sure they're doing the right things. Um, You know, I think a lot of the providers in the marketplace and a lot of consultants are using things like technology, but also going back to very old school techniques Uh, being in front of people either in group settings or on a one-on-one basis to truly help them uh, understand some of the complexities of of what their struggles are with things like retirement savings as it relates to, you know, how much money is coming out of their paycheck every every couple of weeks and so on. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And that's interesting that people are using technology, but also more of a face-to-face sort of interaction. There's there's been a big push with technology, especially in the human resources landscape, to have that human touch still part of a technology-heavy process. Um, I think that really is set to help people remember more, having that kind of blended learning approach and also just using multiple tools to get in front of the most people. Yeah, and I also think one of the other big issues that employers face is the aging workforce and how that relates to their insurance costs for employees. So when I'm speaking of insurance costs as it relates to health and welfare plans, but also corporate insurance and liability insurance to protect their businesses. So one of the things that our plan sponsors are looking at is, you're right, wellness is a a big opportunity to help employees and to get them on track through, you're right, some of the technologies and in-person meetings that we're able to provide. But if employers can have successful retirements for their employees, they will obviously retire not into their 75th birthday or 80th birthday, but retire where the corporation can still maintain profitability without having insurance costs inflate dramatically where it can affect their P&L and hiring process. So the, the wellness and really the 401k is a crucial part of a strategic plan for many other uh, of the P&L interests of a company. And that's part of the discussion that we have with our clients. Definitely. 
So what else do you think employers should know about retirement in order to help their employees start saving or save more? Yeah, so great question. I think there's really three areas, I think, of uh, where, where employers need to be really focusing their attention. One is just making sure that the providers that they're using are a good demographic match to what the employee demographic looks like. Each, in, each provider is a little bit different in their scope of services and how they're using technology or face-to-face -face meetings or a combination of both of those and, and making sure that the employer is using those right demographic match based on provider services is critically important. I would say one of the other items is kind of investment menu construction. So, you know, if you're dealing with a fairly white-collar or professional services organization, the investment menu could be slightly different than an organization that hires mostly hourly workers that could potentially be blue collar. So again, making sure that that investment menu is built with a little bit more care and making sure employees have the bandwidth to understand the choices that they're making. Obviously in defined contribution plans, it really is the onus is on the employee to make these decisions. And I would say probably the last thing, which in my opinion is not only my favorite, but probably the most important is the plan design. It's really setting up the plan to work for the, the benefit of the employee through a lot of the auto features that we see in plans today, uh, which I can discuss a little bit more about, but making sure that the plan is truly working for the employer, employees, making it as simple as possible, using auto features to default employees into investment solutions that are right for them. So I would say those are really the three main areas that employers should be looking at. Sure. So that was providers using uh, good demographic matches, investment menu construction um, being created with care, and uh, plan design that is set up to work for the employee. That is correct. Could you tell us more about those automatic features? That's, that's something that I've heard a bit about in the past. Um, my understanding is that by automatically enrolling employees in the 401k, they can start saving earlier and they, they don't have to opt in, they just have to opt out. Is that correct? Yeah, so I think getting back to right, the wellness of an employee, I mean, everybody knows that saving earlier is better than saving later and playing catch up. Um, and the way to do that effectively, especially for new employees coming into an organization, is to automatically enroll them. And what's even more interesting is that the opt-out rates for a deferral percentage between 3 to 8%, there really isn't any different opt-out rate between in, enrolling an employee at, let's say, 7% versus 3%. So a lot of these kind of features over the past five years that these kind of auto features have been in place have been proven to work dramatically. And again, if you're focusing on the employee's outcome, right, so making sure the employee truly is on track to have a nest egg at around the age of 65, these are provisions within plan design that can truly affect that. And more importantly, if an employee feels that they're on track financially, the normal stresses that an employee would feel when they're not prepared financially what we see is an employee that is on track, there's higher productivity, there's better engagement, there's reduced sick days. You know, the financial burdens that people have and that stress that goes along with it can be very burdensome and actually take away from company profitability. So Auto Features does have a very good place and works, we think, dramatically with employers and, again, helping their employees succeed. Sure. 
Is there anything else that employers should be doing to support their workforce in achieving the savings that they need for a comfortable retirement? Well, I think the big one, which we all know, is every employer, we would love to see them increase their company contributions into employees' accounts. So whether that's in a form of a match or just a straight contribution based on a percentage of salary, those things are always very welcome with employees and obviously will help them get on track sooner than later. I mean, coming from the pension uh, plan world 20 and 30 years ago where employees didn't have to worry about their own retirement to now where the onus is 100% on the employee, it's always good to have an employer that can be very uh, aggressive in their contributions to an employee's account. And that obviously will lead to better financial wellness and preparedness by that employee. Definitely. Now, that's all the questions that I have, but do you have any parting advice for employers or even employees who are hoping to improve their retirement savings? Yeah, I think, again, the, the, the advice goes back to those you know three areas, and I'll even add one, the fourth, which is really just looking at the auto features and plan design very specifically to the demographics of uh, your employee base and just trying to make sure that you're adopting provisions that are going to allow success. Uh, instead of failure where, again, most people and most employees will always look to put things off into the future. And as we all know, time can go by very quickly. And within a flash, you could be working at an organization for 10 years and not have a nickel saved versus using some really uh, simple and basic plan design strategies to get that employer employee more valued and, and really truly on track to retirement. So I would say those, those three items that we discussed uh, from our last question would pertain to that exact strategy. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of these insights and advice for employers. I, I think it's great to be able to save for retirement and have a comfortable post-work life. So thank you for sharing all of this, Andrew. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Check back next week for more content. Thank you. Bye.